When we built this multifamily complex, we made a big mistake. We lost money. We gave them small gardens and windows. We installed water, lighting, and heating systems. This was a wrong concept. A man doesn't need a home. All he needs is a shelter. If we can sell him on the idea of a shelter, we can make millions. The worker will come here only to sleep. He won't need electricity or water. He won't have to cook. We'll condition him to eat at the factory. Okay. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. No, wrong way. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Generation Loss. I'm Bryn, and that's Jeremy, and this is the show where we talk about movies. What up? Welcome back, everybody. (laughs) It's fucking Monday. It's been a week. It's been a week. Unless you're you're behind the paywall, then it's only been a couple days. That's right. But it's been a week. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for for supporting the arts. Yeah. The um, South Carolina thing happened yeah, the primary what is it a primary yeah yeah probably something good happened probably maybe not who Let's knows but i'm putting that out into the world <laughs> 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 something good happened yeah we're definitely recording this uh after something good happened yeah <laughs> <laughs> something great happened yeah um anyway welcome to the show everybody that's right uh simmer down settle in settle in (laughs) have some fun with us your friends yeah that watch movies with you (laughs) with you (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah people have said that they are creating a list of movies to watch because of us yeah so they are watching it with us yeah and if you get behind the paywall you get uh early insight into what we're gonna watch that's true and more of a say over what we do watch. Yeah, because we don't listen to you if you don't pay us. We do not give a shit what you say. <laughs> compensate us for our labor. We will bl- block you. <laughs> <laughs> and this goes for fans of our other shows, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't pay us money, we'll fucking block you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what did you watch this week? This week, ooh, um, it was a while ago. I don't remember it. It was called House. And you might think, oh, you watched that fun, very weird, surreal movie from Japan. No, you watched the TV show about the doctor. (laughs) No, not that either. (laughs) I watched a movie uh, from 1986 um, called House, uh, directed by Stephen Miner, who um, also directed, I think, like Friday the 13th Part 2, Friday the 13th Part 3, Lake Placid, lots of weird huh. kind of shitty horror movies. He directed H2O, the Halloween H2O, okay, 20 years so later. Okay, here's the thing is you're naming good horror movies. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought that I was naming bad horror movies. No, Friday 2 is, is a classic. Friday 2 is a classic, you're right. H2O is like a real, it's like a postmodern treat. <laughs> it's just okay. so bizarre. Um, sure because that's the one that has um the dude from dawson's creek in it doesn't it james vanderbeek is it or josh uh this is he's some sort of like teen heartthrob this is the one with josh hartnett yeah okay um and so he did that okay here's the weird movies he did soul man 
Oh, the movie yeah, okay. in w- the blackface movie, uh-huh. um, Forever Young with Mel Gibson, where he's like a frozen guy. Okay, he looks like Encino Man, but serious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Lake Placid. Uh, anyway, uh, Lake Placid's the one with um, the big alligator, Harrison Ford. No, none at all. <laughs> Bill Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> what am I thinking of? Mm, I don't know. The Mosquito Coast? Are you thinking of the Mosquito Coast? Am I thinking of What Lies Beneath? Oh, that's with Harrison Ford. Yeah, okay. That movie's all weird. All right, all right. That movie's weird. I remember watching that movie. So House is uh, written by Ethan Wiley, um, directed by Stephen Miner. Um, it's a weird movie. Um, hard to explain. It's basically a movie about a guy who has a best-selling book and he wants to get away and write another book. And his 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 nov- his uh, manager and his fans and his publisher do not want him to write a book about his experiences in Vietnam, but he's going to. Okay. <laughs> um, Why don't they want him to? Because his, his um, first novel was about, I think it's like a horror story. It's like a Stephen King type book. Yeah. So instead of writing another Stephen King type book, he writes, he's wanting to write a movie, a novel about um, Vietnam like a memoir right um and no one wants that but he's gonna do it and the movie does not set any of this up very well which is why i'm having trouble uh recounting the movie because basically his son disappears in a house and then for some reason he goes to that house where his like aunt or something yes his aunt committed suicide Mm mm-hmm and his son saw her hanging herself and ran away and then disappeared. Um, and so his wife divorces him. They have a terrible, very troubling... It's like a really dark opening to this movie. Yeah. The problem is, is that it, it has all of the darkness and sense of horror and tragedy as Beetlejuice. <laughs> it quickly changes <laughs> to like this weird, funny practical effects puppet movie okay <laughs> where his i guess the movie He's just is like staring off into space hearing like gunfire in his head just going like the worst part of vietnam they made you tally bananas <laughs> come mr Taliban, tally me banana yeah it's literally like that in places and then like his next door neighbor is norm from cheers <laughs> oh no <laughs> and he's norm yeah. like his 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 comedic timing right the writing his only part, thing worse than that would be if it was cliff from cheers <laughs> yeah it's all like it's just norm lives next door to this guy and he's a big fan of this n- novelist right and he's just like oh wow i love your work uh and like <laughs> he's really sarcastic really dry and but the the novelist is the last American hero. You know that guy? No. The that seventies show, the uh-huh. believe it or not, yeah. George isn't at home. Uh, that guy, the guy who plays that superhero, mm-hmm. is that actor. Okay. Um. So he's really weird and like has that stupid curly blonde hair kind of guy. Right. Um. And he's not very good <laughs> at at playing like really dark haunted guy right so he's just like in a cheesy movie and then norm is like norm seems like he's dropped into the movie to make fun of it (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't believe any of the ghosts are happening he's just like okay you're crazy um 
So the tonal shifts in this movie are absurd. And then puppets come. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them are horrific, like really cool, like the thing sort of puppets. Right. Like really strange monsters. And some of them literally look like Tim Burton, like fat mom, like or like Peter Jackson, uh, yeah. Meet the Feebles kind of shit. Okay, yeah. Um, it's a very strange thing. So he starts seeing his dead, his missing son in the house. He realizes that the house is haunted, but it's all sort of a metaphor for his own like um, PTSD, um, which right. is again not the appropriate thing for this movie because it's like a comedy, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so it's like very unclear what kind of story it's trying to tell. It's like, is it just a funny haunted house movie or is it all a metaphor for his like trauma? Right. Um, and when is this from? 1986. So it's like after he's made a few yeah. successful movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like this is coming out of nowhere. Like right. he knows how to make a horror movie. Yeah, if anything, this is something that he like went to bat for. Yeah. It seems like it. Um, <laughs> interesting but it's it's really out there so i i i it's so boring like for the first half of this movie right it's nearly unwatchable like nothing happens the acting is terrible norm is just like the only amount of levity you get and it's just this guy slowly going crazy but it's like not moody it's not shot like it's supposed to be this you're not feeling anything for this guy it's just really boring yeah um also there's all of this weird um like obvious imperialist kind of propaganda of like right feel so bad for these soldiers who got murdered by the Viet Cong. like you really it has does not care about any of the soldiers of, of Viet, the vietnamese soldiers it's mm-hmm. just like he saw all his friends get killed so he's sad Uh, (laughs) um and then uh and then right around the halfway mark it gets nuts and there's just a ton of fun puppets and practical effects really interesting stuff like he like finally like he's been looking in the bathroom mirror a lot for some reason Mm -hmm. and then he like punches the mirror and like it opens out into space and he like crawls through it and like all of these weird like star Wars creatures start like flying around him and it's really cool looking. Um, and then the whole last part of the movie is the dead commander of his like Vietnam, Vietnam squad, um, like comes back to life as a zombie. And then it's this weird, like Jing, um, like small soul. It feels like small soldiers. (laughs) (laughs) Not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> like, he's, like, mugging for the camera and being, like, um, you know, like, hoorah, soldier, and he's, like, a zombie. Yeah. It's, like, really bad and insane. And then he, like, puts a grenade inside of his chest and blows him up, and then that, that's the end of the movie. This he, sounds like, like shit. It's so bad. This sounds like such <laughs> shit. Oh, my God. It's insane. And he... uh <laughs> And then so he gets his kid back because he steals it back from the house. Yeah. And then uh, and then the wife seems to come back, I guess. Oh, yeah. He thinks he kills his wife a few times. Um, Nobody doesn't. Well, he kills this like weird monster. Like, He's just pr- killing random puppet. women. It's a puppet Every time version. He yeah. It's wife. <laughs> <laughs> it, literally. Um, and then he like kills this puppet version and then it turns out like it turns back into his real wife and he like buries her in the backyard. Jesus Christ. Um, but then at the end of the movie it's fine. It's fine, yeah. She's not dead. It's just another woman. No, I think it was 
It was a metaphor. It was a metaphor. Whatever. This sounds like it sucks. It sucks real bad. <laughs> if you really want to see some like pretty fun, if you want to watch like thirty, I would I would try and find like a YouTube of like the coolest parts of this. You're like maybe some screen caps. Yeah, some screen caps. Like that. It's not worth watching. Not worth watching but the whole thing. I, How long is it? It's a feature length movie. It's I mean, like it's ninety it's, or is it more? Ninety three. Okay. It's a 90-minute movie. Not a terrible commitment. So me and my... If you really like puppets, maybe worth it. Yeah. Me and my friends from film school, we... Every other week or so, I go to their house and we watch some of the shittiest movies ever. That's just like what we do. Um, And we're always looking for things that we haven't seen before. And so that was what we watched this week. Um, And it was terrible, but we laughed. What did you watch? Um, so I, I continued to watch uh, Hip Hop Evolution, okay. <laughs> Still but it like severely lost me in the second season. Mm. Um, I'm going to like try again with the third season. So the first season like covers like the 70s up through uh, like the like the birth of hip hop up through NWA is what they decide is kind of the cutoff before right, uh, the jogging back a little bit. Because in the second season, they they jog their way back in and talk about the different places around the country where hip hop started to sprout up after New York. Right. Okay. Um, and LA. Right. So they go back and they do like Bay area. They do like Florida and it just kind of lost me a little bit because I honestly don't really give a shit uh, <laughs> about the about Bay area places. <laughs> um, <laughs> like one of the things that I was really keen on in hip hop evolution was like this insight into New York, the only city that matters. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But I don't feel that way considering I'm from LA. Yeah. I don't mind LA. LA is a nice place also, but. I feel like it really. Once I started talking about Miami, I was like, fuck off. I don't care about Miami. That's like one episode, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, but it kind of lost me. They're they're an hour long. That's true. (laughs) They're not short episodes. Anyway, the point is that uh, after I kind of got turned off of it, I went back and rewatched one of my favorite documentaries of all time, which is called Style Wars. Style Wars. Um, Style Wars, which is a 1983, I believe. Yes, 1983 documentary uh, created by Tony Silver and Henry Chalfant. Okay. Uh, They're not really anybody, uh, but essentially what it is, is it's people frame it culturally as like uh, one of like the key hip hop films. It's like one of the first movies to depict hip hop culture. Okay. uh, Along with Wild Style. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that Wild Style is more of a hip hop movie, and this is exclusively a graffiti movie. So oh. it is a documentary about graffiti writers in the late seventies, early eighties, and kind of the evolution of that culture and like where it's at at that particular moment in time. There's like this really fun dynamic between like the artists who he spends a lot of time with, just kind of like going around the city, right? Uh, painting trains. That's pretty much all they do is paint trains. Okay. Really, uh, probably the beginning of my life as a train guy uh, <laughs> oh, <'cause... laughs> was uh, graffiti. <laughs> Did you paint a lot of trains? No, I never painted trains, but I, I loved this movie so fucking much. I, I <laughs> painted, you know, walls and shit. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, there's like this fun dynamic between them on the street. And then he spends a lot of time with Ed Koch. And so there's all these. Who's that? He was the mayor. Uh, oh, New York. Okay. Um, in the, it, I guess in the early eighties. Right. Uh, but they keep going back to him. Like they'll be with the kids and they'll be like, "Yeah, like look at this. It's fucking huge. I painted this giant, beautiful thing on this fucking train." And then it goes to Ed Koch and he's like, "Well, I think that's a fucking crime." <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's really fun. It's got this cool like energy to it, and it's like a really good sight into like old New York, mm. uh, which is pretty cool. And then there's also a dynamic that starts to come up about midway through the movie between like the old school graffiti writers and the new school graffiti bombers. And so there's these guys from the old guard who are doing these huge, beautiful, detailed pieces on these trains. And then there's this like one dipshit who's just like, I do like a two second piece over it. Just like tag it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does like a shitty bomb that's like a two color bomb and ruins all of these like really <laughs> fantastic pieces that these kids are like working hours and hours on. Okay. He takes like two seconds and then just ruins it. And so the whole second half of the movie is just like the graffiti writers kind of getting together to be like, we got to do something about this guy. And then they don't. And that's basically they don't do anything. No, I mean, like, what are they going to do? Like, fucking beat him up. Yeah, but they never like know where he is. It's like one dude in a whole city. (laughs) I see. And then that's the movie. Pretty much. Yeah, there's not like a whole lot of like a through line to it necessarily. There's these two conflicts that kind of present themselves but otherwise it's just about like talking to these artists and Uh getting to know them and getting to know this culture at the time and like a lot of really cool views of trains that are just like utterly covered in graffiti it's so cool (laughs) i feel like i must have seen this movie because there was a period of time where i saw this movie called whole train have Mm -hmm. you heard of that no it's a german movie but i feel like it doesn't take place in germany i feel like it takes place in new york but they do not speak english Mm-hmm. It's, it's all subtitled it must be in germany i don't know it's been a long time but it's a movie about train painters like, yeah like graffiti writers and and um graffiti artists who they do whole cars and they have like a whole like they have the basically the mission of the movie is that they want to do a whole train mm-hmm. like at once okay like, like they want to go and break into the yard and it's and a then, fiction or documentary it's a, it's a fiction movie okay um but it doesn't seem like that. In my memory, there's no actors. Like, it's just following them around. Right. And I think I'm getting it mixed up with this documentary. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's that's kind of... At the end of the movie, they finally do it. There's also, like, a, another gang. like, some assholes who, like, keep tagging over their shit. Right. And they have some sort of conflict. And at the very end, I remember, they, like do a whole train and it has like this like big lion head on the front and like goes into flames and then it has like this whole other like psychedelic part rules and uh yeah and they're just like screaming whole train whole train uh in german accents i saw Um, a really cool video once of it was like real life security footage of like a train pulls into a station somewhere in europe clearly but it's like train pulls into the station and like in the time that it's like letting passengers off uh like 10 graffiti writers all at once descend on the other side of the train yeah and paint like one letter each and just cover the entire train with one word and then it just like goes off yeah that's what they do in the movie it's so fucking cool, it's so cool. <laughs> um it's real it was a really fun movie and i because of that movie i watched like a bunch of documentaries uh there's one that i always get confused with dark city or something mm-hmm. not dark city there's that one that's the dark about night no, yes, the Dark Knight featuring Heath Ledger. No, there's a there's a documentary about like people who live underground. Oh, like Dark yes, Days yes, or yes, something. Yes. Um, um, I think it's just called Dark Days. No, no, is it like mole people or something like that? <laughs> no, um, I know the one you're talking about. It's the people who live under New York. Yeah, and it's like in like really dramatic black and white. And at some point, one of their like houses burns down. I've uh-huh. seen. This. Yeah, it's the Dark Days. Okay, 
I, I get it confused with this one, but there's one that's about graffiti writers okay. uh, in New York City who also do this kind of stuff. Um, so I watched a bunch of this kind of stuff when I was in college, um, like all within a single month. So I get them all confused. But that sounds really fun. If yeah, I haven't seen Style Wars, I would love to watch it. Yeah, we should watch it at some point. Mm-hmm. We'll get around to it. We'll I just watched it. it, so I'm not going to want to rewatch it for a little while. But we'll <laughs> did get you to it. do? Uh, did you do a lot of graffiti, or do you still do graffiti? I don't still do graffiti. Um, I did for a while, and then I got arrested, and then I didn't do it anymore. Oh, it was a was a big. Uh, it really it, it was effective. The arresting. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it was. You know, if I got arrested again, it would have been really bad. Really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to like ease off of it for a little while. And like when you're a kid, if you like are really into something, you're like really, really super into. It. You're doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like going out every fucking night, and then I got arrested. You know, through the court process and whatever it took over like almost a year to like finally like get it all settled up i had to like pay money and whatever and like yeah. do community service and shit and um but all throughout that time it was like you can't do it again because if you do it again then this is going to go really south for you and like right. you know the possibility of paying a fine and doing community service is going to become out the window much worse <laughs> so don't do it and then you know like when you're a kid if you don't do something for a little while your brain stops really getting super into it being yeah. into it yeah and then you're just doing something else i don't remember what i got into afterwards but mm. i used to do a lot of stencils mm-hmm. much easier yeah did, did you just do like freehand shit yeah, well, I kind of like dabbled in all sorts of stuff, but uh, I never really got super into the stencil thing. Um, I was mostly like just doing letters. Mm-mm. That's cool. I'm never not a good drawer, <laughs> so I could never really do that. I was just had to do stencils because it was easier to yeah. make. Um, that reminds me, something that we should mention is uh, Means TV launched this week. Oh yeah, um, and. Oh, I yeah. saw the thing about the the sticker guy. Yes, that uh, <laughs> is a great show. So, listen, I've been involved with Means TV. If you know, I don't know if you fo- if you follow me, you know that I've been doing Left Trigger on Means TV. Um, I've been working with them for a few months now. Seems like a while. Yeah, I honestly didn't know what Means TV was really going to be like. Um, I when it came out yesterday when everything got released there's so much fucking shit on there now <laughs> like there's shows yeah there's movies and they have like a platform right it's, it's like an app a, yeah like it's an app it's like netflix you can download it on your roku i have it here on the no i'll shit. show you after the episode oh. but um there's all kinds of stuff where i'm like that looks great i'd love to watch that movie <laughs> yeah um and i will i will watch those movies and i would like to ask my listeners please uh it's just like another Netflix except that has a bunch of communist shit on it. It's really cool. Yeah, support means TV. Yeah, they're really nice. And it, nope, this won't come out before. Uh, it's, sorry, you missed the party. But if you're in New York City, you missed the party. Um, <laughs> if you're a bonus uh, subscriber, you'll you'll have heard it. It's tomorrow. Yeah, Damn, it's Friday. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, you should come. Yeah. My band is my band played. You you missed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I missed the party. <laughs> yeah, you missed the party, Jeremy. Oh, damn. Um, no, but that place. I mean, as the sort of movie show of all of my friends, I have to say, yeah, it's way more impressive than I thought it was going to be. I mean, there's not a. It's not Netflix. Obviously, they don't have right thousands of movies, but there is like I. It will take me a long time to get through all of their content, um, and some of the stuff looks honestly really cool and some of these movies look really really good 
So yeah. please. Uh, I wonder if they have any of the old like crime think documentaries. Ooh. I'm very curious about that. They don't, but um, um, <laughs> they should look into. I'll, doing I'll that. let I'll let Nick know that he should think into acquiring them. Yeah, because that's what they did. They went to S- Sundance and all kinds of like indie uh, mm-hmm. indie uh, festivals and like saw stuff that was really lefty and just were like, "Hey, you want to be on Means TV?" And like they're like, "Sure." Nice. <laughs> Acquired a bunch of stuff, so it's really cool. Um, check it out. Throw them ten bucks and just binge that shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Support leftist media. Yeah, it's cool. Me, par- me in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially this. <laughs> especially Support us. This, uh, this leftist media. Yeah, <laughs> generation <laughs> loss and means TV and nothing else really. <laughs> All right, should we talk about the Holy Mountain? Let's get into the Holy Mountain, directed by Alejandro Jodorowsky. Uh, one of my personal favorite films. We're not, I don't think we should try and recap this movie. No, heavens <laughs> no. I, I just kind of want to know, <laughs> let's just jump right into it. Yeah. What did so, you think of this movie? Well, let's just like really bird's eye view of this is like, it's an <laughs> extremely abstract movie yeah. that like, if you try to recap the plot of it will be very difficult, but essentially it's a, it's a or Christ-like really dude who uh, goes on an adventure. Yep. <laughs> To find the Holy Mountain. Uh, But you only find out that he's trying to find the Holy Mountain like halfway through. Most of the way through the movie. Yeah. So really quick recap. Uh, A poor guy who's just like trying to get by gets sort of swindled. People try to use his, his, uh, his likeness for their own personal profit. He gets mad at them. And then he meets this really weird guy called the Alchemist who tells him that he's shit, but he can be turned into gold and introduce him to nine other people, which is most of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the introduction. Huge, huge it's piece like, of the movie. It's like cats in that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's mostly introducing people uh, who are represent the nine planets, and they are all terrible thieves. I feel like that would be... Um... This is like the ideal uh, medium for Quentin Tarantino to do a movie that's like at least a third of it is just yeah, introducing yeah. characters. The bear Jew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes of the bear Jew. <laughs> yeah. Just little vignettes. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, so that's how it's structured. It's like the intro of this, this one guy who's called the thief. And then he intros nine other people. And then the we're all set- like these like intense capitalist figures. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. And then and then the alchemist says, okay, you're all thieves, but we can make you good people. And we're going to go to the holy mountain, and we're going to become immortal. There's these immortals, and if we take their place, we all become immortal. Um, and we get enlightened. And so then they you know, burn all their money. They burn their identities. They be all become the same person. They uh, take a long trip on a boat, and then they walk up the mountain, they uh, are, you know, they're confronted with the obstacles of drugs and sex and earthly pleasures and uh, other people saying that enlightenment is all of those things and just like being far out, man. And then they get to the mountain and then they're confronted with the obstacle of their own personal deepest fears. And then they finally, and they finally get there and the alchemist says, hey, the original thief guy who looks like Jesus. Don't worry about all this. <laughs> Just go back to where you came from and have a good life with your girlfriend and this monkey. And he's like, all right, see you later. And then they go to the top of the mountain and 
they find out that the immortal people were um, fake and there never really was any immortal gods that they have to conquer. And, uh, and they're like, there actually is no immortality. Uh, there is not really any enlightenment uh, at the end of this. It's just a movie. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the So movie. I'd never seen this before. Yeah. Had you heard about no, I knew nothing about this. Oh, wow. Okay. I knew absolutely nothing about it coming into it. Um, as a bit, I just like looked up the TV tropes page because I was like, <laughs> maybe there'll be something funny on here that I can like pull up later as like a funny thing on the show. And I like looked at it. I was like, oh, I'm really in for it. <laughs> <laughs> what, because so it had a ton night, of I'm stuff? Like, huh? It had a ton of stuff? I mean, yeah, it's like a really long page and like the, the description of the movie I like kind of read and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> What is Bryn making me watch? What this is, is going to be bullshit? tough? <laughs> and so I watched it last night as I was like, it was like the end of the night. Like Mo was yeah. going to sleep. I was like staying up late to watch the movie. And so I'm like watching it kind of like half falling asleep, but like pretty <laughs> awake still. And I don't want to say like I didn't like the movie because I think I did. Oh, okay. But I deeply resented it <laughs> because... Okay. Number one, it doesn't need to be two hours long. Okay. It's really long. It's a very long movie. Is it? Is it two hours? It's two hours, yeah. Okay. Um, it doesn't need to be two hours long. And the thing that I found myself resenting a lot was that a lot of stuff doesn't go anywhere. And purposefully so. Like, you could tell that stuff is just there to be like a symbol or an image yeah. or something. It's just like an abstract moment that just exists for that moment and that's it. And it's the kind of thing that you'd want to just like, if you're just trying to get through a movie, you're just like going to dismiss that and just kind of like zone out or whatever and look at your phone. But the thing that I resented is that the movie is so fucking good looking. I know. That you can just never <laughs> do that. And so every time you just want to be like... You always just miss something. Yeah. Every time you're just like, I don't really give a shit that <laughs> these people are like bleeding paint right now. Like this isn't going to be relevant to the story at all. I can no. tell. But it looks so good and I'm going <laughs> to look at it. <laughs> I have to look at it. I have to. That's the thing. It's funny because I this would have been probably the tenth time I've seen it. Like I've seen this movie a lot because I loved it. Yeah, I saw this movie in college. Obviously, went to film school. Uh, it's very a it's a very like film student kind it feels of movie. Like an extremely film schooly movie. Just because it is it is a movie that has no interest in holding your hand. Yeah, it has no interest in telling you a story it has no interest in being a movie it barely want doesn't want to be a movie it that's, wants to be a art it's it's art that's and the, it's trying the feeling to be, i kept having the whole time is that everything feels like like every the reason why you only find out about the holy mountain like two-thirds of the way into the movie the reason why nobody talks until like 20 minutes <laughs> into the movie oh yeah it's, it's basically a silent film up until like, yeah a third there's like a lot of grunting and like one dude says like smile for the birdie but otherwise like nothing yeah they're screaming and laughing but no words um it all feels like it's moment after moment after moment that wasn't planned before the moment before it (laughs) and so everything happens in a succession because it's just like and then what happens this right and then what happens yeah this it like there's always these moments where it feels like it's almost going to become a movie and then like the the people making it are like yeah but we're not making a movie because that would be stupid (laughs) (laughs) so we're not gonna do that and then just something else happens (laughs) why don't we do this yeah but then it's like then you're constantly confronted with the fact that it's not only gorgeous 
it, mm-hmm. it's some of the most arresting images. Like, even if it doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah. Like, even if you don't give a shit what the movie's trying to say, if it's trying to say anything at all, like, the movie, the it just looks fucking sick. Like, if yeah. you saw a painting of that or a, a big print of a photograph, you'd be like, what the hell is that? That looks awesome. Yeah. And that's the whole movie. Um, and then, not only that, it looks like it costs so much money. And you're yeah. like, where did this movie come from? It's How insane. How could this movie possibly exist? It's some guy who's like involved in the Beatles, right? So, yes. <laughs> I guess we'll just, now I'll just tell you a brief history of the movie. Alejandro Jodorowsky um, is a Mexican artist who got involved with this very weird um he he was he's mexican but he like went all over and his like his family was sort of nomadic and like weird um and he uh got involved with this um movement this theater movement called the panic movement Mm -hmm. and like it was sort of a bunch of hippies and they were sort of just like let's do it was sort of like edgy for the sake of edgy um in the 60s sort of uh a reaction to the summer of love kind of bullshit yeah where they were like we're not gonna be like rich white hippies who are just like looking for like peace yeah we're gonna be we're gonna mexicans who are talking about shit and duties (laughs) yeah yeah they were like yeah exactly well they were like you know we're we're people who don't have the privilege to do that and the whole point is to be like shocking right um and shock people out of their sort of status quo or whatever and um so he got he did that his first film was a adaptation of one of those plays called fondue elise um and that's a very weird movie that's very shocking for the sake of it and then it seems like he kind of grew out of that. And then in his second film that no one, I have really no idea how he got the money to make because it's not quite on the level of a Holy Mountain, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's like a genre movie. Like it's about this gunslinger who is like, it's like a Western. It's like a Mexican Western. Right. Uh, but he has to go fight f- the four gunslingers that represent like different religions. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then he naturally, like, and he goes and does that. And then like, <laughs> go he gets like transferred to some like hippie world the cycle of like outsiders or whatever and then like he leads them to some sort of enlightenment or whatever yeah and then his like guns turn into dicks yeah it's very strange but it was wildly successful on like the midnight movies circuit Uh um in like la and and new york and so john lennon and the beatles producer um I can't remember Whatever. the name of. Who cares? Who gives a shit? They saw that John movie. Lennon's friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> another rich guy um, saw the movie, and it was sort of this... I, I was reading some articles about The Holy Mountain last night, um, which I was refreshing, re- doing a little refreshing on, um, and it was basically like... Yodorowsky was sort of continuing, or like talking about like the attacks on the sort of civil rights movement by, you know, this, what we know now is like the CIA COINTELPRO, COINTELPRO right. and chaos. Um, because like the Manson family had happened, the Manson murders had happened like in 1969 and this was like 71. And so it seemed like the fucking hippie movement just ended. And Yodorowsky was like, Hey, fuck you. Like we're still here and like, we're still doing something that is, it was important. And so John Lennon and his producer were like, this is awesome. We're going to give this guy 
millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie had like a ten million dollar budget, which was a which was the same as Star Wars. Yeah, I mean that you're talking about like nineteen seventies money. Like. Yeah. This movie <laughs> was nineteen seventy three. So oh. four years before Star Wars, it had one million dollars less than Star Wars. Because I, I believe damn, Star Wars was eleven. <laughs> yeah. So they just like bankrolled this insane guy. Yeah. Well, that was John Lennon's thing. Uh yeah. like he weirdly enough was like a huge patron of like strange subversive like mm-hmm. subversive in ways that like the Beatles never could even dream of being right uh art where like <laughs> like do you know about um Lennon? uh David Peel on the Lower East Side? Not really. So Tell me about it. David Peel is this just weird street guy who <laughs> lived on the Lower East Side his whole life and would just sing these like ridiculous songs as he's kind of just like wandering around at night and mm-hmm. John Lennon just like meets him somewhere and uh, I guess he'd put out like a record or two by this point. He'd kind of like tried to start a band and whatever. And it's just like ridiculous songs about how much he loves marijuana. <laughs> okay. And that's it. Like literally the name of a song would be I Love Marijuana. Sure. Uh, just stupid little ditties, right? And John Lennon, for whatever reason, is just like, I'm going to just like pay for you to put out a record. And he puts out this album called The Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. And it's David Peel and his band is called The Lower East Side. And it's... 1969 i think is the year it comes out and okay. it sounds like stuff that won't even happen for another seven years <laughs> and like it's is impossible it awesome? it's so good okay it's unbelievably good it's like one of my favorite albums of all time <laughs> and that's the that's it that's all he ever did uh i think he did stuff after that and he like you used to see him when i was uh in college i would see this dude around mm. um and he's just like a weird like kind of homelessy guy who just like screams at people and gets drunk and like goes to like um like the what are they called the yippies yippies the abby hoffman thing oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Party. uh yeah like he'd go to like yippie things and like uh uh protests new buildings in the lower east side sure. or whatever and he's just like a weird character you'd see around and then somebody would be like yeah you know he was in this band called the lower east side that like invented punk essentially <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. seven years he's before wildly important <laughs> Yeah, I mean, anyway, John Lennon did a lot thing. of good stuff. John Lennon, cool guy. He seems like a cool I guy. Know. I mean, if you are trying to point out to me that he beat his wife, fuck you. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> Don't tell me that. That was way before he started. He started being cool. <laughs> Yoko Ono. Also cool. Yeah. Fuck off if you don't like Yoko Ono. Yeah, coolest thing she did. Kill John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, she well, that, That's Courtney Love. <laughs> Courtney Love killed John Lennon. <laughs> yeah. Courtney Love was one of the evil children from like Carrie or whatever. Yeah. From Poltergeist. Um, no, anyway, so John Lennon and his producer friend and Yoko Ono like bankrolled this guy who was like, they were like, this guy's doing actually cool, important, actually radical shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he was like, awesome. I'm going to do stuff that no one's ever seen before. And no one will ever really see since. Because they don't... The, I think what really separates this movie from David Lynch or Peter Greenaway or Kenneth Anger mm-hmm. is that it it comes from this sort of absolute disgust with everything you think it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this movie hates the like capitalizing on anything. Like the movie has a lot of 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 loathsome energy for 
uh, architects for shysters, religion, uh, factory owners, war, um, cosmetics, (laughs) like, even it's even art like so some of so the the nine people that we are introduced to as thieves um he the alchemist says to the jesus thief um you know they're thieves like you kind of but <laughs> you know we're gonna yeah, they're like uh, titans of industry right they're like they're I one think, of them owns like a, a factory one of them is like a, a, a famous architect yeah and like that ar- architect builds house how show quote-unquote shelters that are literally just coffins <laughs> like yeah. i think the worst thing about this movie is that it now feels at least a little bit on the head a lot like a, a little bit like right on the nose right in its metaphors where it's like this the, one of the arch one of the planets is an architect who is like if you can keep these people the workers thinking that they don't need family that they need independence and individuality and that's what freedom is Mm -hmm. then we can just like have them living in these like boxes and just like literally in coffins um and it i think there's stuff that's on the nose but i think that all told it's it's wrapped in enough stuff that's not on the nose or is (laughs) deliberately misleading or is just complete nonsense for the sake of nonsense that it doesn't really matter that stuff's on the nose because at that point like you've seen it enough times that you know this stuff is just kind of like pretty familiar to you whereas for me watching it for the first time like that sort of stuff i'm like i don't even know if this is what this guy believes i have absolutely no idea like there's enough shit in here where it's like does does he think like what the counterfeiting jesus is like cool or what i don't know what he thinks of this (laughs) yeah no i'm trying to put myself back i was like watching it last night was the first time I, this is going to sound weird, but I watched it last night and it was the first time I'd ever watched it really high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I highly recommend doing that. Yeah, I really wish I was. <laughs> um, um, I definitely felt myself a few times being like, this fucking sucks that I'm sober right now. Yeah, because <laughs> it's really wild. Um, but it was even better than I remembered it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's super fun to watch it really high just because it's so beautiful. And you're just like, wow, can't believe I'm looking at this. But I, I am trying to put myself back in the moment, the first time I saw it, which was in a theater, um, mm-hmm. which was very strange. Um, and I had no idea what was happening. Like, now I watch it and, and it seems pretty straightforward. <laughs> like, right. it's like, okay, there's this guy who represents sort of, I guess, like the commoner, like a common man right. who is like, you know, they they sort of take his image and use it as like religious propaganda and he's like no fuck you that sucks um and then there's this like tower where gold is being made and he's like oh i want to see where how gold is made because i want riches like i'm poor why would i i want the riches because it's like um yeah he's mad that they used his image to like sell stuff and then he like goes up the tower and then he's shown by an elite basically like someone who's a gatekeeper um like you can make gold yourself this is how you do it yeah and but it's not this (laughs) it's not uh it's not any of these people these are all thieves of a certain kind but he's like the common thief the guy who's just like trying to get by and they're all thieves in a different way of like people who 
you know, make weapons and war and right. and, and are imperialists and, and stuff. Like sex robots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite part. One of the one of the uh one of the planets, one of these people you meet is an artist. Yeah. And like we sell art and they just have like these factories of like Oh yeah, with people like printing their ass and whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like this sort of like hedonistic, debaucherous bullshit of like, oh, these naked people sit in paint and put it on paper or like they like you go under here and there's like an ass and you can finger it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I think it's great that this movie takes a moment to be like art can also be a cynical commodity. And just because this is an art movie doesn't mean it's like, that's not what makes it good. Right. You know, this is also easily co-optable um, by evil, by thieves. Yeah. I think coming back to something you said earlier about like the resentment this movie has for so many things, mm-hmm. like I think nothing, it has resentment for nothing more so than the fact that it costs $10 million to make. <laughs> that's yeah. what I think is so funny about the movie is that like, you know, like I said, like a quarter of the way through the movie, people start talking. Two thirds of the way through the movie, you find out what the movie's actually about. Yeah. You know, halfway through the movie, it becomes funny. Like it was really dramatic <laughs> and overwrought for a while. And then suddenly it's funny. And yeah. there's a lot of really funny stuff. And then suddenly it's not really funny anymore. It gets kind of dark it again. It gets dark again. And then it's funny again. And <laughs> it's really weird. And But like all of this is to say that it feels like so much of what this movie is about is ensuring that it has absolutely no commercial value. <laughs> yeah. This has no value to anybody except for people who like really want to watch this because you have to really, <laughs> really want to watch this to watch this. Yeah. You would never come across this on accident. Yeah. There's absolutely no, there's no way that it would ever have been a hit. There's no, Mm-mm. there's no scenario in which this movie ever would have been a hit. And well, that's kind of the point it seems like is, yeah, I think what's interesting about it is that like he made El Topo. Uh, you haven't seen it, right? You haven't seen El Topo. No. Um, he, you know, that movie seems like it is trying to sort of like weasel its message into something that audiences might accidentally want to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's a it's a western. Like it just for the first hour of the movie, you're like, this is a Western and it's a normal sort of Western and it gets stranger and stranger as it goes on. And, and it's like very obviously metaphorical for certain things. And this movie is like, ha, I don't have to, I don't, he never cared about making money from El Topo. Mm -hmm. And now that he has the money to do whatever he wants, he's like not trying to weasel anything into anything. He's just like, ha, I can just do anything. Big ass set. (laughs) Yeah. Big set. I'm going to make rooms that don't make any sense. It's unbelievable how many sets are in this movie. I know. There's no location filming happening. (laughs) There's like maybe five places they scouted, and then everything else is a big ass set. Yeah. And not like. There's no conservative shots happening here where they're like, we only have like a tiny little bit of a room that we built. It's huge. Everything is huge. It's fucking nuts. Where were they doing this? I don't know. Did they just it's have ins- a warehouse or they just kept building and rebuilding sets? It like, must have been. Like, insane. So like the, all of the al- alchemist stuff, the Yodorowsky, the director, plays the alchemist. And all the stuff of that is all just like, impossible sets yeah like i was watching it last night and there's a scene where there's a bird's eye view of the room that they're in which has some sort of 
like infinity pattern on it. Mm. And then on the walls, there's the like cast, like the full body casts of the nine people that you're going to meet. Yeah. And they're in like matching outfits. And then the camera is slowly moving. And then they're also slowly moving. You realize that the two characters are on an enormous lazy Susan. Yeah. (laughs) That's like spinning. And then you're not sure if the, the room is spinning or the thing is spinning. Yeah. Um, so you're just watching what is basically like mu- some <laughs> an optical kaleidoscope illusion that must have cost thousands of dollars. Like yeah. you're watching thousands of dollars on every it's shot. It's unbelievable. Like, cannot stress enough, if you haven't seen this movie, like... This thing has the budget of Star Wars yeah. and does not need it and is like using it in the most insane ways that like it's really cool to see because yeah. it all looks fucking gorgeous but I can't, like I like, can't like, I can't tell you how much I was tripping on the idea of like how fucking tall every room is yeah. because like 20 feet high when you film stuff there's so many times where you have a location that looks kind of right, but not totally right. Mm -hmm. And so you try to film like a really tight, close angle so that it looks close enough. And like, it's an approximation and people will just kind of like fill in the blanks themselves and like figure out it's supposed to be like a deli counter or whatever, but really it doesn't look like a deli counter. If you zoom out too much, this, everything, big shots, big wide angles, they don't give a fuck. (laughs) It's like, because they have the thing. Yeah. Literally like, like there'll just be shots where it's like there's a hippopotamus in this shot. Yeah. A whole fucking hippopotamus yep. in, on a set a and it's like a whole ass hippo. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's only there for like a second. Yeah. And they're like we don't need we don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> there's no impressing anyone. That's really the the lesson of this movie is like or or the the big takeaway of this movie is that it's you're watching somebody have so much fun making a movie. Oh yeah. They are having so much fun making this. And shit. what's great about it is that the the like the meticulous attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you don't like, he clearly cares deeply about the tarot, about Kabbalah, yeah, about like chaos magic, and is imbuing every single scene with like spells and shit. But even if you don't give a shit about that at all, what's impressive is like the train guy autism that it yeah. took to make every shot in this movie like when you're watching this movie an hour into it and you l- are looking at what looks like a cartoon drawing of an eyeball and then it's a room and people walk into the eye you're just like fuck this how could this possibly happen Unbelievable. you know what it, you know what it made me think of is uh it's like the mexican ring ring like the ring the ring like the ring the and horror the, movie the tape you watch on the ring oh like this is like the mexican version of the ring yeah tape. it's two hours long it's two hours long it's wildly colorful and then at it's the end of it with death yeah at the end of it you get a phone call from like really long distance and it's like a uh it's like a day of the dead skull person on the other end of it i like about it <laughs> He's like, Hola. He says, however in Spanish Hola, uh, ¿cómo está? however to say uh, seven days <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah uh, so I don't know so one thing yeah what I was trying to say was what I like about this movie is you think you know where it's going maybe you don't no, but if you, don't. you no if, you don't for me no I, fucking way do you ever know where it's going <laughs> you think you know what kind of movie it is if yeah. you've seen surrealist films before you think that it's kind of 
lampooning this or lampooning that. But at the end, it's sort of, and I mentioned this in, in the recap, but what always it always kind of struck me as strange because the main character that you follow the whole time, the original, the thief, mm-hmm. like doesn't get to go to the Enlightenment. And I never understood why that was. Right. Um, but I watched it this time and I, you realize like that guy is the only guy who, whose life got better. Mm-hmm. Like, or like actually benefited materially from the, from the, from the alchemist's teachings. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause all the other people, like all they got was not being terrible people. Like even the, that they like, lost all their money. They lost all of their, you know, identity. It's a major step down for them. They're, yeah. they're in the middle of nowhere. But it's also, now. yeah. And now they're not immortal. They have no power. Yeah. But that's good. <laughs> like the movie is like, these people did the right thing. And now that they're, they are enlightened, there's no immortality or more human than ever. Right. But now you get to live your life. But the thief doesn't have to go through that understanding he already wants to live his life he's like oh i don't need immortality i'm just gonna have a good time with my and go back to the town i was in but understand that i don't need to become those people and i thought that was really you know now that i think about it after like the 10th time i saw it i was like this is an incredibly good message yeah i was really happy that it kind of held up because i hadn't seen it in a few years uh especially I'd, I'd often throw it on at parties, like mm-hmm. when I had would have. House. It's a very good background movie. Yeah, because people, it's great because people would do drugs or get really drunk, and then they'd like look at the screen and be like, "What the fuck is this? Yeah, <laughs> uh, how have I never seen this before?" So it's a great thing to just throw on as like a screensaver. Mm-hmm. So I'd seen the images a lot. I'd only ever sat down and watched it like five times or something, and it had been years. So sitting down and watching it and trying to like analyze it for a show like this. I was really pleasantly surprised at how deeply anti-capitalist it was. Yeah. Um, it's definitely extremely anti-capitalist. I think my my like kind of like deep read interpretation of it is that it's a movie that hates the idea of being a movie. Mm-hmm. And so that follows it throughout the whole story where mm-hmm. every time you think there's going to be a story, there's not a story. Every time you think it's going to be this type of movie, it's not this type of movie. No. It's not. It's not sad. Actually, it's funny. Actually, it's not funny. It's dark. After it's not dark. It's just stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's kind of the way it goes. It just keeps tricking you and tricking you and tricking you. And then the end of it is kind of like the ultimate trick because the main character doesn't even get to finish the story. He's gone, yeah. and then the rest of the people go to the end of the story, and the guy's just like, "Hey, actually, uh, it's not even. It is a movie." It doesn't this matter. is a movie. This is a, it's been a movie the whole time. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you guys have been doing this. It's a fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's so it's kind of like every single thing that you think is fundamental to making a film is just completely not here. Right. There is no real story. Mm-hmm. There's no consistency of character. The guy is different all the time. At the beginning, <laughs> he can't talk and he's like grunting and he's like a, like an, an ape. Yeah. The, they what happened to the dude with like no arms and legs there's just people <laughs> who just disappear it doesn't matter yeah he so shows up is, at the end uh, apparently he's some sort of vision <laughs> yeah and it's all this kind of like from dust you came to dust you shall return sort of thing yeah. where it's like you thought this was going to be a thing actually it's not a thing you uh-huh. know people die people disappear like that's just part of life and and at the end even the movie isn't really it's over it's it's just over yeah sorry <laughs> and ha- we, it holds nothing special for it and that's what i love about it. it's a movie about enlightenment that hates the concept of it mm-hmm. like they get to the island where the holy mountain is and they're confronted by this big bar 
where there's a bunch of people who get distracted. Yeah. Um, and that feels very Greek, like very like ancient, mm-hmm. uh, like epic kind of thing. Um, and they go and like meet a bunch of people who are like, hey, actually, enlightenment is just like, it's a fucking LSD trip, man. Just take some. Fu- it's a mescaline experience. Like yeah. the the B- Tibetan Book of the Dead. That's a fucking trip, man. This is all you need. You don't need to go climb a fucking mountain. That sucks. And then there's like a big strong guy who's like, I've learned to like teleport through stuff. Oh <laughs> He's like, God, I- that guy rules. I love that bit so much. There's so much funny shit in yeah. this fucking I've movie. I've conquered the Holy Mountain there's horizontally. A, so if you haven't watched it, there's a giant guy who's just like. I have teleportation ability and everyone's like, oh, that's going to be really helpful for us to get up the holy mountain. Yeah. And the guy's like, watch me teleport. And he like teleports through a wall, comes out another wall. He's like, see, I can fucking do it. And they're like, how fast can you get up the holy mountain? He's like, I can only do it horizontally. (laughs) And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, the teleportation only works on a lateral basis. And they're like, well, that will not be helpful to us at all. He's like, no, but I can get to the other side of the mountain. They're like, but it's the top is what we're after here, not the other side. And he's like, oh, then I can't really do it anymore. He's like, I'm still a champion, though. <laughs> it fucking rules. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, it, but it, wait, to, to put a pin on what I was saying before, sorry. before we move past it, the idea of the movie that resents everything, including the fact that it is a movie, mm-hmm. it has to be a movie, reminds me a lot of this painter, Robert Ryman, Okay. Who, uh, if you've ever been to um, uh, the was it Dia Beacon? Have you ever been? There? Oh yeah, yeah. The, um, the I've the never museum, actually been there. Kind of but... like upstate a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's in Beacon. It's in Beacon. Yeah, in Beacon, New York. There's an art museum called Dia where there's like a bunch of like really, really annoying modern art. <laughs> uh, As a I like modern art. I mean, I do too, but I mean, it's like everything that's like really annoying about modern art is like on full display. You can't bring people to this. You have to go alone because there's so much stuff there that you just have to answer for every time. Like you see stuff and they're just like, why did you take me to a place where like one of the exhibits is a giant hole in the ground? (laughs) That sounds awesome. There's just a truck in the middle of here and that's art. And there's like a bunch of like neon lights that are like crisscrossing each other. And like you read the description and it's like, this one's the Korean war. And you're like, like, no, it's not. It's two neon lights. <laughs> but anyways, do you not have any friends who like modern art? No, I do. But I mean, oh, okay. like, uh, they can't always go. They, you know, they, they can't hang. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go with your wife. Oh, right. I see. What's his anyway? Na- what's this painter's name? So Robert Ryman. Okay. Um, very minimalist painter who uh, has a piece up there, or a, a bunch of pieces up there in one room together. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them is essentially just a blank canvas. Yeah. Uh, but they're like painted over white. And the idea of the exhibit, as you kind of like walk through, kind of like presents itself as they're all different variations on how much you can paint without painting. Right. right? So it's every variation of what could be painting white on something (laughs) and i promise you they are flat white there's like no texture there's no pattern it's just flat white for the most part sometimes it's like a little crinkly but flat white and so the variations now they're very white yeah variations will be like in size in shape in what they're affixed to the wall with right and i guess kind of what i kept thinking of in this movie is that it's kind of just like a film version of that idea of like fuck you for thinking that painting has to be representing X, a figure yeah, literally or anything. using color or even conveying any emotion <laughs> in particular. Like painting can just be 
putting white on a piece of metal and then just nailing it to a wall and that's the painting. Right. If there's paint, it's a painting. That's you know, what and it if is, you yeah. filmed something and it moves, it's a movie. This comes back to an earlier conversation. The of concept of, like, of this show. What is a movie? <laughs> it's a moving image, and that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. And and the movie really wants you to understand that it even though it's an art film, it's not gonna change your life or like it can't tell you how anything of that important yeah you know what i mean but it also kind of thinks that that's really important for you to understand so it's like a big contradiction of itself and it knows that and it seems angry about it (laughs) yeah i i think i'm coming around i think i liked it i think i i think i I think i liked it a lot i love it i mean i still deeply resent it but i think that that's kind of the point one thing I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, we should have mentioned much earlier. It's incredibly violent. There are some moments in this movie where it has like clearly real animals dying. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's very cannibal holocausty in that way. But I think a part of it is like a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you grow up around like murdering chickens for food, like you just don't really give a shit about blowing up frogs. Yeah. But like, if you have a problem with that, if you like really don't want to see that, don't watch this movie. Yeah, don't watch the movie. A, they blow up frogs. And they shit. they kill animals on screen. Um, some of it is for uh, artistic things. Some of it is just because that's what happens in the movie. Like it's not that big of a deal to them. It just seems like, well, yeah, kill the chicken because it's um, yeah, cause gonna, a food. You know, <laughs> it's the scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. So be careful with that. There's some really also just really gross stuff like cutting frogs out of boils in people's necks and stuff like yeah sure and there's i mean there's that's like fake some stuff rape stuff and there's some right. you know out now murder of people like come into this with an understanding that like it's <laughs> there's some extreme it's, it's a rough watch at times yeah but but honestly nothing s- that you can't handle yeah <laughs> you know i have i have faith in you dear listener <laughs> you can you can handle this movie yeah some of it is purposefully silly like there's one um there's one of the planet people who um, I can't remember what that person makes, but like d- all of these students just get slaughtered, but like their wounds don't make any sense. Like they'll have like clear hoses coming out of their face yeah. that ha- is shooting like blue blood or like birds will come out of their chest when they get right, shot yeah. and stuff. And it's really cool, but it is kind of weird and like upsetting if you're like sensitive to that at all. So, you know, just be careful. Yeah. But, um, I think it's it's probably the best. I mean, personally, it's one of my personal favorite movies. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like the best surrealist movie. Like, if you like art movies at all, and you're just like, have the weird, like, upsetting disease that I have where you just want to see images that look cool, and yeah. you don't really care about a story, and you just want to see stuff that looks cool, and like, you've seen all of David Lynch's movies, you've seen all of like, I don't know, peter greenaway's movies and you're like why isn't there something that is just cool stuff on screen yeah you You know what if you like wes anderson and you don't give a shit about wes anderson's like charming little stories this is this is a really good movie yeah (laughs) this is like (laughs) there's a lot of shit in here we were like that's a that's a very uh wes anderson-y sort of yeah uh, i i thought about that last night too i was like man wes anderson doesn't have shit on this yeah like no one has given wes anderson this much money and he used it this way like yeah 
this is because he's too concerned with getting Bill Murray in his fucking movies. He spends way too much money on actors. That's I right. just want to say that right out of the, <laughs> right out of the game. He should have just like fucking newbies all the yeah. time. Who cares? I mean, I'm sure they For all... a guy who's so preoccupied with the aesthetic, yeah. it's ridiculous how much money he, he spends on He doesn't have to do that anymore. <laughs> like, I get it with Rushmore, and I get it with even up to um, the one after that, Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. Um, I get it because it's like he was making fairly strange movies and he wanted to make sure people saw them. That's a reasonable tactic. But once you get to Darjeeling Limited... Who cares? Don't yeah. pay these people. Yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> that one actually makes the most sense because it was like two of his friends, right? Who probably yeah, ta- worked the, for. It's scale. really as as it goes on, the casts are getting more and more bloated, right? Because like even like Life people. Aquatic is only Bill Murray and Owen Wilson, and Owen Wilson is like his old roommate and shit. So no, like, that's got Jeff Goldblum, Willem Dafoe. Oh, you're right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people in that. Oh, the women. There's some, you know, who cares? But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. There's some big names in, that movie. Big names in that movie. Um, yeah. I just can't remember any of their names because I can't. Like at the in the last in the last scene with the jaguar shark, there's like oh, what are their names? Isn't Angelica Houston in that one? I don't remember. I don't know. Um, I don't remember women. <laughs> yeah, we, we, this is a misogynist <laughs> podcast. Um, no. Um, but this movie is the Wes Anderson didn't care about actors or a story and literally just wanted to make this the coolest shots and all yeah. of Wes Anderson stuff, but dark and goth mm-hmm. and and psychedelic and strange. Yeah. And, and sometimes not. Sometimes it's just a room with a fountain in it that they shot from above and you're like, that looks fucking this sick. This is incredible. That looks so sick. <laughs> yeah. How? How? <laughs> um, yeah. And I love it for that reason, because yeah. I think Peter Greenaway once said, um, that film is too important to only be used to tell stories like as a medium. Yeah. And I fully agree with that. Um, and the fact that I can't find any movies that are even close to the Holy mountain is like a sadness that I carry around with me. (laughs) Like it pisses me off (laughs) all of the time that I go to a movie theater or like, you know, I go to like, uh, um, the spectacle, uh, theater in Brooklyn or like the, there's two, there's a new one now, uh spectrum i think they're both have similar names uh-huh. um and i'll be like okay show me something cool and it'll be like okay this is an italian horror movie that is interesting and weird but it's like i want to see something like this i want to yeah. see someone take 10 million dollars <laughs> in in 1973 in 19- money yeah, so much money and just make it cool looking just yeah. show me some cool stuff and no one will do it for me there's youtube people there's tiktok there's I'm just waiting for somebody to like just be the Yodorowsky of TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for that day. One day, hope somebody please point me to them. All I want to use with all of the clout I have on the internet is somebody <laughs> send me the Yodorowsky of TikTok. That's all I want. Yeah. So obviously you would recommend this. I recommend the shit out of this. If you are in the mood yeah. for this, like, you, you really got to be in the mood you for wa- this. You have to want what I've been describing, is yeah. what I'm saying. Because it's, it's. I don't want to say it's a slog, but it's it's at least, it's an effort. Yeah. You have to, like, you have to work for it. It's not a the, short movie. The thing is, is once you get to the alchemist's house, like, once you get, to, when, when you see the Jesus guy rise on a golden hook and go into a rainbow room, from that moment on, if you're not with the movie, turn it off. 
Like if yeah. you don't like that part, if you're not like this is incredible and I've never seen anything like it, it only goes gets worse. <laughs> yeah. That tower is so tall. Was that a fucking practical of I don't know. Where <laughs> Is that tower still there? No, it's definitely not. It Did looks like it was made of wood, but like how could it be? They built a giant wood tower and with you, a hook on it and, and shit. And you think, and you think like how? Okay, well, th- this must be like a forced perspective or something. Then they fucking fly a helicopter around yeah. it, and you're like, no, nope. that's a real no, helicopter. That's, that's, real, that's real ass perspective. <laughs> and that means that they sent that guy basically naked up. 50 feet in the air yeah riding. more probably <laughs> it's Jesus it's insane Christ. yeah when you think about the implications of the movie uh in terms of what they must have done it gets even stranger um even if you think about it in reality um so yeah i mean if you want to watch a movie if you know it's funny because chris watched this movie with me mm-hmm. and uh he had seen enough of the images in memes like the <laughs> like the guy who like yeah it is a very memeable movie like if you're just on weird corners of the internet where they post weird shit like the old man who had like cheetah tits Mm -hmm. and like shooting people's shooting milk in that guy's face like that's something that reddit would just like post as like a xd random thing yeah um brad neely has included references to uh the holy mountain in some of his like baby cakes videos Mm -hmm. so he was like oh that's from that that's from that that was like his reaction right (laughs) so if you're the kind of person who has ever heard about this movie or just wants to get high and watch some of the most insane shit you've ever seen for two hours, uh, yes, 100% recommend. Yeah, I would recommend it. Kind of same thing. You know, you got to be really, you got to be in the right place for it. I think, honestly, probably not a bad idea to watch in chunks. I don't think you have to watch it all at once. Uh, You're not really like, I mean, it's not a plot that you're following, so... You're not like you're not going to forget something important. <laughs> There's nothing important. No, that's kind of the whole point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting because like I remember watching movies like this in in college, and there was a sense of you just like I'm sitting down, and whatever happens, I'm sti- I'm with it. Like I ha- I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah. Um, if you're not that kind of person, you're going to have a bad time. But it's good if if you're not used to doing that it's good that you're listening to this because you should get to the alchemist part. And then once they start introducing people who are like, my planet is Mars, then just take a break. Cause yeah. it's just going to be that for a little while. Um, <laughs> and then if you want to watch more of that insane shit, come back to it. And then once that's done, you could take another break. Yeah. Once they, once they embark on the, on the journey, take another break. Yeah. Take come another- back to it. It's not going to matter who they are. <laughs> At all. No, 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 no. That's no. kind of the point. There's, there's once they shave their head, they're Doesn't all the matter. same person. They're all the same person. <laughs> they're never going to do anything distinct from one another. <laughs> nope. They don't have lines. There's no like, hey, do you trust this alchemist guy? There's yeah, no right. like, never happens. No, there's no story. There's no like characters. <laughs> That's yeah. not how this movie works. And this has been Zoom back camera. Zoom back camera. This is generation this is, this loss. Is generation loss. The real world awaits. <laughs> we're holding. We're holding microphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're actually just two idiots in yeah. Brooklyn. Um, yeah, you're not hanging out with us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> poor these people. <laughs> Zoom out camera. You're not hanging out with us. You're we don't a- know you. <laughs> we're just. <laughs> we're not actually your friends. <laughs> we're not actually your friends. <laughs> sorry we've only known each other for a couple of months yes we're barely even good friends we're just starting um 
we have separate significant others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to Generation Loss. Yeah, please follow us on all of the things. If you'd like to hear more of this fun show about movies, you want to listen to movie news, uh, go to our Patreon at generation or patreon.com slash generation loss. Follow us at Gen Loss Pod. Um, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.